Walking with Jesus, serving with love, and sharing with courage. Welcome to the Pecan Podcast. Hello, dear friends. It is Pastor Courtney Ellis here with you as we continue on in the PCOM podcast series on great books, great reads. Many, many thanks to Jeff Given, our Awake Service Director, for kicking things off last week. I was chuckling to myself as I listened to the episode because... um, we have one of the same favorite books of all time, and I didn't know that, and for some of the same reasons. So I'm excited to talk about that a little bit. Want to orient all of you to how these next three weeks are going to go. Today is going to be Great Books of 2020. So I asked the congregation the question, what is the best book you read in 2020? It it didn't need to be written in 2020, but you came across it or you read it for the first time last year. So that is what we are dedicating this podcast to today, Great Reads of 2020. I have loved hearing from you. So many of you have written in or you've called in and left me a voicemail. If you haven't yet, there is still time to call in with your recommendation for one of the next two episodes. This week is Great Books of 2020. Next week is going to be your favorite book of all time. And that can be in any category. Maybe it's a children's book. Maybe it is um, a book of the Bible. That that would be awesome. Maybe it is a young adult book. Maybe it is a textbook. Maybe it's a novel or it's something nonfiction. What is your favorite book of all time? And I've heard from some of you that that's an impossible question. So maybe you need to give me two or three or four um, or give them in specific categories. But I would love to hear from you. Best read of all time. What book has changed your life? What book do you love through and through? And that'll be January 19th. And then for the final episode this month on the 26th, we are going to talk about poetry and devotional guides. So best poetry collections, best devotional guides, with the caveat that best is my opinion and your opinion. So I don't mean to speak for the whole world. I'm just sharing books that have changed my life and asking you to share books that have changed yours. So write into me, Courtney.Ellis at mypcom.com or call the church office and leave me a voicemail, and then I can play your voice on the air. It is so good to hear from different voices. So let's get going. We're going to start by hearing from some of you. What was your favorite read of 2020? Here is Lauren Popkowski. Hey, Courtney, it's Lauren Popkowski. I just had to call in and let you know about one of my favorite books that I read this year. Um, and it was actually called uh, Mudlarking, so kind of um, the archaeological digging into different rubbish and things that are um, left in the River Thames. Um, it's really so interesting, and I love how it digs into some of the history of the different hairpins and shoe buckles and I don't know, just different things that were discarded into the river. And it's just a really beautiful story and um, kind of an escape sort of way um, in the last couple of months. 
Um, of course, for me, I always do love um, some escape literature whenever I can. So a lot of light and airy sometimes, especially now. Um, I always love some Maeve Finchie, and I just love how she ties together so many different characters and develops them across um, so many of her novels. So that's a fun one. But, of course, my all-time favorite has to be um, Jane Eyre, which, I don't know, a little dark. So maybe not for right now, um, but definitely for a different time. So anyway, I just had to call and recommend Mun Larking. So if you um, can pick that one up, I highly recommend it. It's just it's a really cool um cool book from a young woman so anyway i hope you are well and easing into 2021 um as smoothly as possible happy new year love that lauren that is not a book i've heard of it's not an activity i've ever heard of mud larking that is fabulous thank you for sending it in i'm excited to check that book out next let's hear from april rudge Hi, Courtney. This is April. I was responding to your inquiry about the best books that we read in 2020. And as we've been home a lot, um, my kids have been reading a lot. And one that they recommended to me, which I then read, I very much enjoyed. Uh, It is called Words on Fire by Jennifer A. Nielsen. And it's a fictional young adult book. And I really enjoy reading young adult books just Um, to get back into that frame of thinking as you did when you were younger and possibly more growth-oriented. It gets me back into growing and learning from the stories. But this one in particular I love because it's actually about the book ban that happened um, back at the end of the 1800s in Eastern Europe in a set of areas that is now... Lithuania. But I would recommend it, and it just made me value even more the ability to fill my house and all the rooms with books. And yeah, so I just wanted to share that with you. Love that, April. Thank you so much for calling in. All right, my best reads of 2020. I have four fiction titles to share, and six nonfiction titles to share. But first, I want to confess that it was difficult for me to read for a portion of this year. So if you're listening to this podcast and thinking, gosh, I didn't read much in 2020, I usually read much, much, much more than I do. Um, But the combination of trying to manage our children's distance learning and get ourselves through the first months of the pandemic and work remotely and pastor digitally... Everything we do digitally takes about 10 times longer than when we did it in person. There is editing, there is recording, there is re-recording, there is, there's just a lot that goes into it. So my reading really suffered, and as the months wore on, I realized the less I was reading, um, the less settled I felt. There's something about the power of story that really makes me feel like myself and helps me to process my life and process the world. It connects me to God, the beauty of word and sentence and phrase and artistry. And I was speaking with a friend and I said, I just, I need to get back into reading, but I'm not sure how everything feels so busy and full and just fraught. There is so much anxiety in the air. 
And the next day, a book showed up on my doorstep that ended up being one of my favorite reads of 2020 because it gently led me back into the world of literature. And that book is L.M. Montgomery's Jane of Lantern Hill. L.M. Montgomery is the Canadian author who wrote the Anne of Green Gables series, Emily of New Moon. And I had never read Jane of Lantern Hill. It's a young adult book. And it was whimsical and gentle and beautiful while still being about deeper themes of love and loss and beauty. And this book was such a balm for my soul. So if you are struggling to read in this season, but you want that connection with literature, I encourage you to consider reading a young adult book or two. Sometimes that is a really gentle gentle way back into the world of reading when television or just collapsing in bed at the end of the day is the easiest thing. Books tend to be more nourishing to us in the long term than television. And um, I'm, I have nothing against television. Daryl and I enjoy a good television show as much as the next person. We have just finished watching the, the Mandalorian, the new Star Wars series. Um, but there is something about a book that is quieter and more meditative and more imaginative and creative that really can be a balm. So highly recommend Jane of Lantern Hill and um, just a shout out to this dear friend who lives all the way across the country and sent me, sent me this book as a gift and a blessing. Jane of Lantern Hill by L.M. Montgomery. Second fiction book I would like to recommend is by Susanna Clark. It's called Piranesi. It is a book that almost defies explanation, and many Christian writers and pastors I respect have said this book was one of their favorite reads of of 2020, and so I asked for a copy for Christmas, and Daryl put it under the tree for me, and it is a book about mystery and a book about what it means to be human, what it means to know and to trust what it means to see and be seen. It is beautiful. It's also kind of odd. It's a book that's really hard to explain. I I tweeted, <laughs> I'm on Twitter, I tweeted that I was going to read this book that I got it for Christmas and an old Wheaton professor of mine, a former Wheaton professor wrote, don't be concerned when it starts off slow and weird. It's worth it. And he was right. He was right. So highly recommend Susanna Clark's novel, Piranesi. Third, this was a book that was gifted to me by a PCOM member who said it was one of her favorite recent reads. This book is William Kent Kruger's Ordinary Grace. It is a a Midwestern family story, but it's about love and loss and growing up. And it's more complicated than it first appears, but also deeper and more beautiful. Highly recommend William Kent Kruger's Ordinary Grace. And then finally, my very favorite novel of the year. I only finished uh, a couple days before the new year turned to 2021. My very favorite novel of the year that I recommend to each and every one of you. It is not a hard read, but it is profound and thoughtful and lovely and moving. It's written by a woman named Susie Finkbeiner. She lives in the Midwest with her family, and the book's title is All Manner of Things. Susie Finkbeiner, All Manner of Things. It's set in the time of the Vietnam War. It's about a family in Michigan. And Susie Finkbeiner is an author who also is a Christian and is able to weave these themes of faith and hope and 
humanity and divinity in this beautiful, beautiful story. You will fall in love with the two grandmothers. You will fall in love with the main character and her brothers and her mom. It is a redemptive story in surprising words. It is a tragic story in surprising ways. Um, And I stayed up way too late finishing this book. And when I put it down and closed the final page, I just laid in bed and I wept. I wept because the story brought tears out of me and the story resonated with so many of the difficult things about the last year that we've lived through, the fears and the anxieties. It was written in 2019, but it really spoke to the moment. And I cried because it was such a beautiful story. I didn't want it to end. So there were tears of gratitude and tears of grief. And through the magic of social media, I've gotten to know Susie Finkbeiner a little bit. And uh, I asked if she would be willing to share a little greeting with our podcast. So here is Susie herself, the author of my favorite book of 2020, All Manner of Things, sending us a little greeting. Hey there, this is Susie Finkbeiner, author of All Manner of Things. Just wanted to say hi to the listeners of the PCOM podcast. Here's to a new year full of joy, hope, and lots of good reads. Isn't she so lovely? Meeting her is now on my bucket list. I hope that in some writer's gathering somewhere, I will be able to shake her hand and have her sign my copy of her book and tell her how much it meant to me in a season where reading has been such a lifeline. So again, that was Susie Finkbeiner. Her book came out in 2019. It's called All Manner of Things, my top read of 2020. What was yours? What books did you love in 2020? It's not too late to call in to leave me an email and to tell me. Courtney.ls at mypcom.com. All right, let's move to nonfiction. This is a longer list for me. I usually read more fiction than nonfiction, but something about 2020 uh, made me made me run more toward uh, stories of stories that really happened, st- <laughs> stories that were true or historical in some way. So first, Alfred Lansing's book Endurance. This is the story of Ernest Shackleton's journey to the North Pole. It is a story that could also be subtitled a series of unfortunate events. Just when you think things can't get worse, they do. And when you think they can't get worse, they do. But it is, as the title suggests, a story of endurance. I've recommended this book to many, many people this year. Daryl read it when I was finished. My dad finished it recently and loved it, gave it to my mom. My mom is reading it. And we are all very different types of readers, and we have all enjoyed it very, very much. It is a fantastic story. It's also a story of leadership in crisis. What does it look like to lead well? And what difference does good leadership make when all looks like it may, it might be lost. Um, and I am not going to spoil the ending. Many of you probably know something or other about the story of Ernest Shackleton, the British explorer. Um, but every page tells the story of the difference good leadership can make between life and death, between hope and despair. It inspired me not just as a person, but as a pastor. What does it mean to lead well in a season of crisis without anxiety, without fear, without um, 
yeah, without rushing into a bad decision, um, but also to make a decision and faithfully stand by it when it's the right decision, even if there is not, uh, there's not always agreement as, as a leader. Fabulous, fabulous read. Alfred Lansing's book, Endurance. Secondly, Makoto Fujimura's book, Art and Faith. Art and Faith. He is a well-known Japanese-American artist. He is also a Christian. He's done illuminated manuscripts of the Bible where his art is alongside the words of scripture. And I can't say enough about this book. I gave it to Daryl for Christmas, but I keep stealing it and reading it. And then he steals it back. I guess I should let him finish it. Um, It was his Christmas present. But Fujimura is a very, very faithful uh, person of of faith and art who talks about the purpose of art in the church and the role of art in telling the story of God, how creativity and the sacred are intimately, intimately linked, how art can connect us to God in ways that words alone never can, the transcendence of art. And being Presbyterians, as most of us are, we tend to throw a lot of words and knowledge and information at things. But the older I get, the more I realize words and information are just one tool in God's arsenal of of teaching and discipling us. And we can't just use words and knowledge. Our country is full of many, many, many Christians who know a lot but have not been transformed by God. They can name the books of the Bible. They know all the trivia questions, but they're still not loving their neighbors well. They're still not confessing sins regularly. They're still not, um, their hearts still are not open to the things of God. And we've missed something when we've written art out of the church and chosen bare gray walls instead of instead of empowering our artists to help lead us to God. And Fujimura just has this beautiful, beautiful turn of phrase in talking about the role and purpose and holiness of art. He is a very wise and trustworthy guide, and I highly, highly recommend his book. It came out with Yale University Press just this year. Third, Flannery O'Connor, the Southern novelist, Flannery O'Connor, Gothic novelist, has a book that was published um, after her death called Mystery and Manners. It's collected essays and speeches that she gave. It is a fantastic read. It is a read that reminds you of all that is true and difficult and good and profoundly lovely in the world. Flannery O'Connor's Mystery and Manners. Fourth, Marlena Graves. Marlena Graves is a Christian thinker and writer and pastor. She lives in Chicagoland, and she was kind enough to write the foreword for my next book that comes out in August. And it was just, it was so very kind of her um, to take the time to write the foreword for my next book. But she had a book that came out this year called The Way Up Is Down, Becoming Yourself by Forgetting Yourself. It's a book about humility and we, we have so many misconceptions about humility. We often believe humility is being a doormat or not stating your needs or always, you know, putting yourself last so that you can care for everyone else. And that's not humility. That's a martyr complex. Um, the Bible says, do unto others as you would have them do unto you, which assumes that you know how to do unto yourself as well. 
Um, but she just writes this fabulous study on Christian humility, scriptural humility. What does it mean to consider others better than yourself, as, as Paul writes, to consider others before yourself while forgetting yourself? And that forgetting is not shoving down your own needs. It is walking with Jesus to the point where you are able to see your neighbor clearly and not be distracted by your own arrogance, your own pride, your own um, foibles. It is a fabulous, fabulous read, The Way Up is Down by Merlina Graves. A few more, few more favorite reads of 2020. Jamar Tisby's book, The Color of Compromise. Jamar Tisby is an author and historian. This was a hard book to read. It was about some of the history of racism in the evangelical American church. And this is my church. This is the church of my birth, the church I was raised in, the church I have loved, the church I know. Um, But I did not know these pieces of history in part because they're not very pretty pieces of history. And reading this book was so important for me this year. I highly recommend it. I did have to put it down several times because it was painful. It was painful in its, uh, its power to convict. And it helped me to see more clearly my own complicity in the ways the church has not been fully loving of our brothers and sisters of color and made me want to... Uh, weep and confess and turn and work toward a better tomorrow. Jamar Tisby's book, The Color of Compromise, highly, highly recommend. All right, a few more. K.J. Ramsey. K.J. Ramsey is a writer who struggles with chronic pain and illness. She was on our podcast a few months ago. She is a lovely, thoughtful, kind person. She wrote a book called This Too Shall Last. Finding Grace When Suffering Lingers. And this book is about her own struggle with chronic pain, but also meeting God in the midst of this difficult struggle. Often in the church, our message is pray, and then God will heal you, and then you can celebrate, and all will be well. But that is not always the story. And that is not the story we find in Scripture, even Even in the book of Genesis, we find Jacob wrestling with an angel, wrestling with God, and Jacob, after this, walks with a limp for the rest of his life. We find Paul in the New Testament saying, I had a thorn in my flesh. I prayed for God to take it away, but God said, my power is made perfect in weakness. There is not always healing on this earth. And when the church proclaims that there always will be or should be, we are not being faithful to scripture. And so KJ writes this book from a place of personal weakness and struggle and finds God in these deep places. If you are struggling this year, and I think if we're honest, we are all struggling in different ways, even just with the loss of routine and normalcy, this book is such a balm. It is such a balm for the soul. Finally, Favorite read of the year, Catherine McNeil wrote a book called All Shall Be Well. She wrote a book called All Shall Be Well. She is a writer and speaker and mom who lives in Chicagoland, and this book has carried me through. She has a section in the book called Clouds, where she talks about the difficult days of not being able to see the road ahead, and she likens it to the nation of Israel walking through the desert and following God in the cloud. You can't see God. You just see the pillar of cloud, the pillar of fire, and you're asked to trust. 
And so much of 2020 has felt like following God through this foggy mist. Where do we go next? What does the future hold? When will things get easier and better? And I found myself going back to her book over and over again as this faithful reminder that God is in the midst of the difficulty. God is in the midst of the storm. Even when we can't see the road ahead, God knows and God goes before us. Fabulous, fabulous read. Catherine McNeil's All Shall Be Well. And again, I will link to all these books in the show notes. That was a lot. (laughs) That was a lot. And I want to move now to some of our PCOM listeners who have written in to this show, written in with their specific favorite books of 2020. Here they are. First, from Elaine Pappas Puckett, in her own words, my favorite book of 2020, Dear Edward. It's a novel about a young boy who is the sole survivor of an airplane crash and his life after and the lives of passengers prior to the crash. Full of sadness and melancholy, but such an affirmation of love and hope and the human spirit by the end. A wonderful book. Elaine Pappas Puckett recommends the book Dear Edward. The other book she recommends is called The Other Americans. She writes, a hit-and-run accident is at the center of the book as it examines immigration, family, and all the difficulties that family love can produce. So from Elaine Pavis Puckett, who is a voracious reader, she has not steered me wrong yet with a book recommendation. She recommends Dear Edward and the Other Americans. From April Lehman, PCOM member, she recommends for nonfiction the book Bread and Wine by Shauna Nequist. In April Lehman's own words, this book reads like a good conversation with a dear friend. Shauna speaks my language about the value of food as love and a meal as a way to bring people together in order to love on them. I relate to the humble hospitality of being available rather than creating a magazine-worthy spread. After finishing this book, I made a recipe from it every day for a week. That's April Lehman and her fiction recommendation in her own words, We Are Called to Rise by Laura McBride. While published six years ago, this story is incredibly relatable to the times we live in now. McBride uses flawed, everyday people and neighbors to solve some crises in a community. Everyone matters. Everyone contributes to repairing some broken souls. And even with no guarantees, the community is a better place for it in the end. I'll probably reread it again this year to take a deeper look and examine what I missed the first time. That's from April Lehman. Her recommendations are Bread and Wine by Shauna Nequist, and We Are Called to Rise by Laura McBride. And finally, our final PCOM member to share on this PCOM podcast great book series is Heidi Galloway. Heidi wrote in, in her own words, Happy New Year. The book I am recommending to anyone who will listen is The Warmth of Other Suns, The Epic Story of America's Great Migration by Isabel Wilderson. Expertly researched, solidly crafted, and informative beyond belief, everything every white person never knew about our nation's history, this should be required reading. This one has been on my list for a while. Many, many folks have recommended it to me. So thank you, Heidi, for writing in. I am working to get it from the library. And if it takes much much longer, I'm just going to have to use some of my book budget on it because I would love to read that book as well. Friends, thank you. 
Thank you for sharing your favorite reads with me. Thank you for listening and tuning in today. Keep reading, keep listening, keep walking with Jesus. Tune in next week where we will have great reads of all time, people's favorite books of all time. And as I mentioned at the start of the podcast, Jeff Given and I have one in common that I didn't know until now, which is very fun. So next week will be great reads of all time. And then join us again on the 26th, where we will talk about best devotional reads and best poetry. When I come to the end of myself with the words and the words and the words and the words, I'm finding that poetry has been a real gift in slowing me down and helping me to reflect And the start of a new year is a great time to dig into a new devotional. So we'll talk about that and some recommendations. Until then, there's still time to send in your thoughts, your reflections, your favorite books, um, or just send me a note. Let me know how you're doing out there. Courtney.ellis at mypcom.com. Happy New Year, friends. It has been so good to be with you on the podcast today. I will be with you again next week. And until then, take care. Be well, and God bless.